0: Today, I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we
1: want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian
0: masculinity.
1: If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you.
0: I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training.
1: A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined. He's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what guys, I got to say I I love this the concept of man show. Warning. The Catholic man show is about to begin. <laughs>
0: Go. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show we're on the Lord's team the winning side so raise your glass. Adam and Ann here sitting in studio with David Niles, Hello. Warren, Juan on the buttons, Jim at the door. It's good to have everybody back. Good to good to be together.
1: Yes, I know. I'm also excited about just like doing an episode with us.
0: Yeah, we it's been a while since we've we've done just an episode of that uh, yeah, with us. Yeah, when
1: I when I walked in there was only two chairs here at the desk. Yeah, it's like, like "Oh uh, yeah." We Used to do it that way, yeah, back in the day, right, and we still do, like we're doing it tonight.
0: We uh are going I'm excited
1: to... about our episode today. A lot of the
0: uh, Eucharist,
1: yeah, we're gonna be talking about the Eucharist. we we're gonna have we have a special drink that Juan doesn't even know about, he's currently drinking part of it, but we, we're gonna do something, I think it's gonna blow his mind. Mm-hmm. And Juan is like one of those people, it's really good to blow his mind, yeah, also. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy. A lot of outward, ex- you know, you like. It's very satisfying. You get a lot mm-hmm. of payoff. Yeah, when you when you blow his mind. Uh,
0: if your wife becomes pregnant, that's the easiest. Don't tell
1: him. Yeah, <laughs> in public. You might, like, end up hurt. Yeah, he may he may spear you. <laughs> right, spearhead. One time, I remember we were driving to. We were driving back to Kansas, oh, no, to, to Kansas to Kansas to go see Scott Hahn right in Kimberly Hahn speak yeah and were we all in a va- were, we we're all in, in my in my your old Escalade ta- my
0: oh is it your back? no Tahoe is my old Tahoe you had a Tahoe you, mm-hmm. when did you have a Tahoe well Haley did
1: oh okay it's Haley's okay anyway. You had an Escalade, so I thought maybe it was your Escalade for a while. Like you used to be way bigger of a baller than you like you are now. Oh, I know <laughs> you're well, not a baller. Well, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I was. I just remember sitting in the back, like I was in the very back row, in the middle, kind of like what you call like the ejector seat in the back, right? Because mm-hmm. captain's chairs in the in the front, right? And Pamela and I, Pamela we were I,
0: all very newly married,
1: newly married, right? All of us, Pamela and I, are in the back. We were. Very newly married. Dude,
0: we had, like, nothing to do. That's why we went to yeah, Kansas. We
1: could all just, like, hey, you want to drive to Kansas? Yeah. Sure.
0: Like, you know what? I don't have to get babysitters.
1: zero responsibilities at home.
0: Right. We could just leave. We just abandon what we're where we live and go do whatever we want. We're just, like. On a Tuesday.
1: Yeah. We're like Han Solo. You know? We could just go anywhere. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. Anyway, we're in the back seat, and we make the announcement, like, we're having a baby. And like Juan he's deceptively swift sometimes, you know? And Can I mean I sh- for how big I am? No, I just mean that like most of the time you're pretty chill, you know, like you're not a spastic person. Like some people, you know, are like, whoa. Like you just never know. You know what I mean? He's not like hyperactive, Juan. But All of a sudden, like we say it, the words, like I can almost still see the words moving through the air. We're having a baby, you know, and like that word is going and here he comes. It's like, how did he get his seatbelt off that quickly? Right. (laughs) And he's like coming at me and I just remember going like, oh no. (laughs) And he like, I about wrecked. If you can be tackled while you're seatbelted into like a chair, that's Mm -hmm. what happened to me. It yeah. was re- but it was a really great moment. Like yeah. it's like an airbag going off, right? So yeah, it's like a like a Colombian airbag, <laughs>
0: Venezuelan right in your face, right? It's really great. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. We're talking about the Eucharist. We're gonna on pilgrimage uh, in like a month, dude. dude. It's like in a month. I know. I'm so excited about it. I cannot uh, wait. Uh, fun fact: the I like fun facts. Yeah, the um, travel uh, select international tours. Uh, yes. Let us know that they can actually get a couple more people on pilgrimage. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, even though it's last minute, they said they could still do it. They said, "Okay, cuz it's close. It, like it's yeah, a, we're officially so close. We do
1: have a couple spaces left." Yeah, and so they they were like So we we can actually sell them.
0: Yeah, they said, "Don't make a big deal about it." Like I'm, don't, I'm not. Which like, I'm not. Don't I'm not like
1: n- for instance mention it on the show. Right. You know, where we might right. have a bunch of people trying to do it the land is probably first come first serve you know so like if you want to do it you should probably email adam at stmichaelradio.com <laughs> like don't do that right because that would probably cause a lot of problems right? if we did that but okay so we'll do it some other way then
0: we'll we'll, we'll put our heads together and figure something out
1: adam at stmichaelradio.com
0: Yes, that is my that is my actual email. Or, or you could email it to
1: david at stmichaelradio.com and I'll make sure to forward it to him.
0: <laughs> this is only gets, funny
1: because it's just so true. It's so, it's true. so
0: true. So, hey, I got to tell you something. You're pregnant. Uh, actually, Haley is pregnant. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, Haley is pregnant. You know, when you said that, I reflexed and I like, when I said it, I was like, oh crap.
1: because Because i already knew you already knew that (laughs) but (laughs) i didn't mean to i didn't mean to out you bro (laughs) i'm very sorry (laughs) you went up getting a liar i just had i
0: wasn't like after our moral like like lying show with brian b song it's like you could have said no that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) but
1: i didn't i just panicked (laughs) right just the way you said that my reflex was like you're pregnant (laughs) as a joke (laughs) then it was not a joke congratulations bro we're
0: so happy for you we number are number five number five yes we're very excited it's a good year for five i think yeah you're one your Juan. one yeah one's next i do my best yeah
1: i don't know how but you could try to squeeze a baby in yeah the next few months
0: hmm.
1: i like i said miracles i would have to go right now yeah i mean <laughs> it has to be a <laughs> sorry, lot sorry it has to be like definitely right now <laughs> anyway um
0: Yeah, so that is. But now my other story is not near as (laughs) cool.
1: It'll still be cool, though.
0: It'll still be cool. Uh, Leo got in a fight with a rooster. Okay, that was what I was going to tell you. Who won?
1: More entertaining. (laughs) Um, Who did win?
0: The you know what the rooster did. The rooster got like he has like these huge marks on right right by his eye. Like the rooster. So there was two roosters. One of them left. Like got moved to another place for fighting probably i don't know maybe but uh so then the pecking order obviously changed, changed right and so the roosters chickens are ruthless oh my gosh out, tr- trying to figure out the, the pecking order leo sees all the chickens he loves chickens big right. fan especially they come over to our house right, and he like over he loves, there oh he
1: loves the chickens right so yeah. he goes
0: running up there well the uh rooster takes this as like a, a challenge this to, is a big rooster because yeah. leo like he's two he's two right He's still pretty low to the ground, right? You know, so uh, the rooster like bows up to him, like does the whole, you know, that's a no, that's a turkey, but it's
1: kind of I like mean, the it did, it was more
0: turkey. But I know what you're getting at. But yeah, like you know, where he gets up on the, and like kind of flies a little bit and like, takes his talons, yeah, and like kicks him up, smokes smokes Leo in the face. Um, I'm and, glad his, but his eyes are okay. Yeah, but th- this the scratch was literally like it starts like right wow. there at the eye socket and goes back. It, guardian he looks, angel he looks tough his guardian angel was like cover the eyes yeah he looks tough right now sweet um, man so but he did not i mean i, I sort of i don't know, think like, he won now that it's over yeah I don't sweet think, i don't think he won but
1: he let's did. be honest he didn't win right he, i'll bet he didn't land anything on the on the rooster <laughs> no. but
0: no unfortunately. It was,
1: sounds like it's very one-sided. Yeah, it was. You know? it, was a one, it was It It was. was an uneven match. You know, when a lover comes into a box, when he like walks into a boxing rink and he doesn't even know what a boxing rink is. Right. It doesn't go very well. Doesn't
0: go very well. Especially when it's a ring and not a rink. You're right. But, but it could be on ice. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so what are we drinking this evening? What? Oh, hello. You just went, you, you, your mic just went out. What are we drinking this evening, Dave? We are. I just pulled my microphone cable out. Can you imagine
1: boxing on ice? <laughs> like a boxing rink, a real boxing rink. You mean hockey? Yeah, but like <laughs> that would be a sport. Have you ever seen chess boxing? That's something we could talk about another day. Yes, time. I would like to see I would that. Like to tell you to a I, I watched a a chess boxing match. I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, on ESPN 8 the Ocho a few years ago when wow. ESPN turned ESPN2, they like They still have the Ocho. Yeah, but they actually it was ESPN2, one of their main ESPN channels for a day. They turned it into ESPN eight the ocho, which yeah, is a do dodgeball, which is a dodgeball reference. Yeah. Um, and so they had like roller derby. They had chess boxing, which what you do is you have a round of boxing, and then you sp- you sit down, take the gloves off, sit down, have a speed chess match. Wow. Put the gloves back on, another round of boxing, and they I talk got- about it, like how difficult it is to try to play chess, and uh, like the chess game is worth just as much as winning the boxing round. I right. Tell you,
0: I think I would dominate both of you.
1: Uh, i think i think you'd be well suited for uh uh for for that game yeah now i think in the speed chess i can beat you at chess most of the time yes i think at speed chess i i have yeah. a even greater advantage i do too but i, I, but think, I think, think i'd we, probably lose all the boxing but matches. if
0: we could start with boxing first <laughs> right it would, it would really help that, me that that would be a big thing
1: might change the game a little bit <laughs> like, right so anyway i would try to hey, kick what you are we,
0: what are we drinking i would
1: try to kick you yeah, That's easy <laughs> <laughs> we're having old fashions today
0: we haven't had a big in forever. I know, but
1: we're gonna take a spin on the old fashioned, which we'll do right on the other side of the break. Really? Yes, it's gonna
0: blow one's mind. Can't wait! All right, you know so, what he's gonna do? He's gonna go. Ah! Yeah, he always does that when he gets excited. We're he gonna talk about to the Eucharist it. as well, so stick around because uh, we're we're gonna really dive into like the Jewish roots of the Eucharist, even. Yes, fun facts about the, the Eucharist. <laughs> <laughs> reverent,
1: reverent fun facts. Setting apart, we're gonna, they're gonna be they're gonna be the holiest fun
0: facts. We'll be There's a common thread among thousands of formerly sinful people we now call saints. They had a relationship with God, which then inspired them to set the world on fire, as St. Catherine of Siena put it. But more importantly, and more specifically, it meant they put in the time. They sat with the Lord. They spoke with him. They listened to him. They unveiled their hearts and wounds and problems to him. They offered him thanks and gratitude. They left their sufferings with him on the altar. They begged for his help. My question to you is, are you putting in the time? I know that I've sat in front of the church or set in adoration, making this mental grocery list of things that I want. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about time to build a consistent, honest relationship, time to speak, and time to listen. Dave and I have talked about on the show before that if you don't have an adoration hour once a week, are you really taking your faith life seriously? Are you really taking your prayer life seriously? But sometimes uh, you need a guide to help you in this holy hour. And so Exodus 90 has specifically put together a guide for you to help with your holy hour. In the show notes, you'll find a simple breakdown that shows you how to structure your time with the Lord. So this guide is also mobile-friendly. If you go to exodus90.com slash TCMS, that's TCMS, the Catholic Man Show, exodus90.com slash TCMS, you can get a free mobile-friendly guide on how to structure your holy hour. Highly recommended. Go check it out.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're about to get uh, get a little crazy with some of these uh, old fashions, Um, obviously in moderation, because that's what we always do here on the Catholic Man Show. But today we are going to be smoking some old fashions.
0: Can before we do, I mean, can you you, uh, describe what an old fashioned is? An old
1: fashioned is a great drink. Like if you are a gentleman. And you're at a place where, you know, it's like, all right, you're not going to order. You want to order a drink, right, apart from scotch, which you could always order, right? But sometimes in certain situations, it's more appropriate. Like if you're at a cocktail dinner, for instance, um, other people are drinking cocktails. You want to have a cocktail as well. Old Fashioned is a great go-to. It's a, it's a bourbon drink. So today we're, we're having Weller's Special Reserve as our...
0: Which I'm a big fan of the... Okay, so here, here's the difference I, I I think for Adam. Okay. On on whiskey when it comes to old fashions. Okay. Weller's is a wheated whiskey, right? Okay. And so it's not going to be harsh. It's not going to be. Um, it's going to be a little sweeter. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do like rye whiskey, like bur like a bullet rye whiskey. Yep. Which um, I, I, I like that too. Which is more aggressive, and so uh, it really reminds you when you have a rye whiskey that you're actually drinking something with bourbon. Uh huh. Uh, when you drink a weeded whiskey, like we're having tonight, it is much, you know, it's it's much smoother, it's sweeter. It's it's, sweeter. it's very sweet, right? So w- what we're dealing with here is it's ice, simple
1: syrup, mm-hmm. uh, two like two teaspoons of simple syrup, um, a shot of a shot of whiskey, mm-hmm. um, orange, and two dashes of bitters. Um, sometimes you know, and some ice. Yeah, you sometimes sometimes yeah. people put a little water in there as well, but. Uh, it's just it's a really great drink. It's a it's a it's a whiskey drink. So it's like it's a gentleman's drink. Uh, ladies like it, too. It's it's just really good.
0: It's my go to
1: it's my go to in those cocktail situations.
0: OK, so now what are we going to do today? So this is the first time we've had a uh, man gear. This is a, we have
1: a man gear today, which we haven't had in a long time. Um we used to do on the show a all drink the time. gear whiskey or uh, drink gear topic. We have a cocktail smoker. This is the man gear today. Okay? Ah. HA cocktail smoker. Okay, the lid comes off. Inside is a little screen. And I already have some wood chips in here. Today we're using apple wood chips. Um I ordered this on Amazon. It was about $30. Came with four types of wood. We have apple, oak, Cherry and pecan. Um, I appreciate you saying it that way. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like all sorts of pleasantries. You
1: will need a lighter like this, like one a of torch these lighter. torch lighters. Um, you cannot use a regular lighter. You need You'll this kind yourself. of tor- this this kind of thing because you you need to like kind
0: of press the smoke down and. So, the, so it go, it's a piece of wood that sits on top of your glass. The smoke will pull through a hole where the screen has the the wood on top. Right, and so basically, what we're going to do is we're just going to fill this glass with smoke,
1: mm-hmm. and it's just going to sit there for about a minute. And it's incredible, especially even, I've done this um, when I got it. I was doing it with mostly just whiskey, um, scotch, and bourbon, and it was amazing how much smoke gets absorbed. In just From the alcohol, it's even more when you have a drink like this that has sugar in it. Mm. Okay, so the sugar is very sticky, and so it's ah. it's going to absorb. Okay, it's going to really pick
0: up a lot of the smoky Ahear flavor to the smoke. Okay, I like that. So you just give it a little burn. So yeah, and like you know, we're just really trying to
1: create smoke. So I'm going to really torch the wood. You know, it's not. Don't worry about overburning it because we're burning it. Okay, we're not. Uh, when you see to,
0: you see the smoke going down into the glass, um, that's pretty cool. It you've is seen, very you've awesome. Seen, you've seen these, uh, you know, fancy uh, cocktail bars where they do this, right?
1: Yeah. So if you um, if you go to a bar, a fancy bar, they beware, they might charge you as much as thirty dollars <laughs> for this for this cocktail. Because it takes
0: them a while to do, probably. Well. Typically,
1: they'll smoke it in front of you because it's right. m- it's more of like the it's like ooh fancy you know. Right. Um, so, but just the fact that hey, this is a unique thing um, it takes time. It takes is it worth thirty dollars? No, no. But it is very cool. So now let's put this thing on.
0: Okay, the cat The thing that he's saying is a cap that goes. Yeah, there's on top. a cap.
1: yeah. So for those who are on the radio or on the podcast, uh, this might be something for you to go and check out the uh, the YouTube video. Just because um, here, Juan, take this, this is yours, so t- hold it, hold it on, set the glass down, and then take the slide the cap off, don't pull it off, slide the cap off.
0: Very good, very good. So that focus, so slide now or I wait?
1: yeah, you can go ahead and do it now, and that will keep the smoke in there for a little bit longer. Don't pull it off, slide it off. No, no, no I'm sorry, not the cap. I mean the whole thing, the whole thing. Yeah, just slide it go. off. There you go. There
0: you go. It didn't have to be slow.
1: Now give it back to me. Very good. Okay, so now I'm gonna keep going for this. Okay, um, Adam, I'm gonna do you yours next.
0: Okay. Very cool.
1: Um, but it is like so. This is just so much fun uh, because you can add your own smoke mm-hmm. to anything. It's also just a cool party trick. It's not this thing. This was not expensive. Um, these wood chips they're gonna last me a long time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a it is a really cool party like thing to be able to do if you're going to be making cocktails especially. Um,
0: I, have and, a, I have a feeling Michael Foley
1: from Drinking with the Saints would really like this. Um, yeah, possibly. Now I will tell you, um, we experimented with Lefroyg. The benefit of adding smoke to an already very smoky whiskey, no. It, we I didn't like it uh, my brother in-law also like didn't like it. It just wasn't a good effect. It was already so smoky. first of all, it didn't add a whole lot and what yeah, I, what it did add it was too much mm-hmm. you know so this is something I would really recommend for like a highland that you want to smoke up or like just anything that's not smoky that you want to make smoky. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't tried water. I think that would be a little gross um like smoky water. I don't want to drink that
0: apple juice. Okay, like you know,
1: apple juice might, like a little bit, just a touch.
0: What if you did that and then don't put it into it. your smoker to smoke with your brisket? <laughs> I don't know. That <laughs> could be awesome, right? I don't know. Chocolate milk. Hey, so, hey, chocolate milk, yeah. So apple. while you're doing that, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, uh, I want to give a shout out to the, to the guys who've been supporting us on patreon.com slash the Catholic Mantra, our patrons. Uh, I gave a... Uh, kind of like a call to action I guess recently on, on several of our episodes we just released a, a, a book by Ascension Press called Living Beyond Sunday Making Your Home a Holy Place this book is geared towards uh, those who are um, uh, building up their domestic church who are trying their best to live their Catholic faith outside of the church so whether you are uh, newly married you're, you're intending on getting married new couples uh, or even you uh, those who have who are grandparents who are trying to pass on the faith uh, to their grandchildren this is a a good book that's very practical we actually made it very short we only made it about 100 pages a little over 100 pages because we don't we didn't want to make it a a long book so it's very practical it's very like just meaty um um for the book and so one of the things that we've done as as we've said on the show before the money that we we get on Patreon we don't we don't take for ourselves right so um we only roll that back into the show. So what we would really like to do is have a, a kind of a, a marketing campaign, so to speak, for this book, because we think it's going to really help a lot of uh, young Catholics. And so by, by becoming a patron, what we're really doing is helping us uh, promote this book, helping us to reach the young Catholics who are trying to live out their faith and grow their domestic church and in their home. So uh, I'm also really proud of the book. I am too. Dude, you know what? The, you know what's awesome about the book—the cover. Yeah, you know why? I know.
1: I know why. Tell why? me. Tell you. Tell me why, Adam. I'm. Because I'm, you know. designed it. That's why. <laughs> uh, Ascension Press told us like we've never had an author actually come up with a good cover before. Uh, so they were super impressed that it's like you guys came up with this cover. Well, like I didn't come up with it. You did. Um, and yeah. we, you know we, we actually put it out to our Patreon. Our patrons a long, a time, long ago, time ago. Long time like two years ago. Got some feedback from them, mm-hmm. which so, is cool. I'm glad yeah. we did that.
0: Yeah, me too. So, anyway, um, you can go pre-order it right now. Also, it it makes really good for ooh, nice, nice play gem. Um, it makes really good for uh, marriage prep classes. If you want to have a an evening, uh, one of the things that's really cool. Father Brian O'Brien, an awesome priest. And the diocese of Tulsa, who's been on the show many times, he's going to have us out into uh, to Stillwater for a Catholic uh, marriage date night, where we're going to go out there, we're going to talk about the book and stuff, but it's going to be a nice dinner. Obviously, going to have um, going to have childcare, and we're going we to talk about it. But then it's also just a, t- a time for couples to have a date night, and so. You know, if you're looking to maybe have a, a Catholic date night at your parish, you can order that book, maybe go through it, talk yeah. about it, um, and have a nice dinner and be lovely.
1: Have you all right, Juan, have you tried it yet? Mm. I was waiting patiently. Oh that is in imp- that Juan, I'm impressed. Temperance. Okay, so let's go ahead and try it, because the segment's almost over. Okay. Go ahead. All right. And I'll join you in just a second.
0: Mm. Cheers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Noticeable difference, right? Yeah. I'll cheers him for you, one. Yeah,
0: thank you. Cheers, Gene.
1: Like it's just a nice uh, smoky, subtle, and it's really it's works really well with the cocktail, mm-hmm. right? Because there's especially an old fashioned; it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. So the smoky is kind of not a sweet flavor. So it, I think it it balances out mm-hmm. that. It's um, nice. I'm just I'm just impressed with how much of the smoke actually is absorbed into the drink and um one thing i was at first wondering was is it okay is it just like going to be here at the you know for a, a little bit and then like is it just the top, the top layer no it lasts the whole the whole time nice so um, it's really really cool this is something like if you've got a bar you know and you like to make drinks for someone this is just a cool thing to have in the repertoire mm-hmm. that it's, you can easily get out, like, oh, you want an old-fashioned, like, can I smoke it for you? It's not like you got to set it up, mm-hmm. right? Just get it out, put it on top, and it, it just takes enough it, that, it. an extra, like, minute or two to do. Also, awesome. So, it's a cocktail smoker. You can find a bunch of them on Amazon, or hopefully you can find it. Even better would be to find it in a local store, if you got a
0: store Brick that and might sell that kind of thing. Wow. All right. So, we're going to talk about the Eucharist when we get back. The Eucharist. Can't wait. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Adam Minahan, and this is David Niles from The Catholic Man Show. And we are
1: so excited because we are going on pilgrimage to Ireland. We're going this September, September 15th through the 24th. We're going to go to some amazing Catholic places in the country. As you know, the Catholic tradition in Ireland is so deep and rich. And while we're there, we're also going to be visiting some distilleries, if you can even imagine that, you know. Us the Catholic Man Show, so we're going on basically a cathedral and distillery pilgrimage to Ireland.
0: It's going to be awesome, and and because we're going on a, a distillery tours that are not typical for the tourists, Dave, we're not taking a bunch of people. We're not taking sixty people. We're not taking fifty people. We're capping this off at thirty people because we want to be able to That's have it. it. We want it to be intimate. We want it to be able to uh, go to places that normal tourists don't get a chance to go to. Uh, so. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show for more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Trying this smoky old-fashioned this evening. Old-fashioned is the drink. The gear this evening has been this cocktail smoker that Dave just uh, demonstrated. If you are listening on the radio... Or you uh, are on our uh, our podcast go check us out on YouTube the YouTubes we had YouTube come out and film this um, nice um, <laughs> to see to see see what happens so we're going to talk about the Eucharist this evening
1: indeed uh, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our Catholic faith this is With, the language of the church without the Eucharist there would be no reason <laughs> to be Christian mm-hmm uh Juan is just, it's a delayed mind blow that Juan is having over there.
0: (laughs) Somebody said in the comments, sipping in tongues, sipping in tongues, yes. That really
1: tickled Juan. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so a lot of what we're going to be talking today is coming from a book that I really cannot recommend enough. And if anybody, if you know me personally, I've probably recommended this book to you at least five times, which is Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist written by the one and only Brant Petrie, Dr. Brant Petrie. Um, this is like one of those books that when you read it, um, you cannot cease to be anything other than Catholic. Like, you just can't be another version of Christian. Ooh, perfect. It's out of focus, so let's bring it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. There we go. See that? Mm-hmm. That's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you can't be you, – you realize that the Catholic faith is the – church established by Christ. And why? Because other churches, they don't have the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is what Christ came to do. Like, that was the purpose of his mission, aside from like, he, he came to redeem us, but re- his redemption, our redemption, his redeeming act on the cross, is um, you cannot separate it from the gift of the Eucharist that he came to give us. Um, and so, like, one thing I want to we're going to like work towards today, is that how is the Eucharist linked to the cross? The crucifixion and the Eucharist, you know, as as Catholics, as when I was growing up, I knew that, like, okay, somehow they're linked, but it's like, whatever that means, you know, like, how is the Eucharist and the cross related? I don't know, you know. Um, so, I remember, actually, Adam, when we came across this, something called the Fourth Cup, which is not, that's not the only thing we're going to talk about today, but I, I remember being so mad. Because I went to Catholic schools, grade school, and high school, and nobody told me this, right? So this is the stuff that... It's like the Eucharist is what our faith is about. It's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And this was what tied the redemption, the redemptive act of Christ on the cross to what we do every day at Mass, right? This is a super important thing. So um, I'm just going to kind of go through...
0: Even Dr. Brant Petrie in the book actually talks about how he... Gives lectures about this all the time, and one of the uh, things that he almost guarantees he will hear at the end of it is, "I'm a Catholic, and I have why have I why have I never never heard 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 this this before?" before? Right? I don't know, and it's just a tragedy because um, uh, if this if the Eucharist is a source and summit of our faith, then that should be the thing that we focus the most on Mm -hmm. uh, in understanding. um, you know the mystery of the Eucharist.
1: So, to the USCCB's credit, we are—they are like uh, trying to organize a three-year revival. They, uh, they call we're it, it, we're in the process. Yeah, they call it a revival uh, on the Eucharist, which I think is great. Um, the cynic in me says, "You know what? We'll see how they do." Uh, but I do—I do like the fact that they are focusing on on this. But um, I, I pray that I pray that it is just an outrageous success.
0: Because well, the, it, the Eucharist is what it's all about. Well, and and it's very clear that uh, the people in the pews do not understand the full yeah. meaning of what the Eucharist is, which I is, think is why they're doing it. You know, which is why I think this is this is good, right? So you you see the people, you hear back from people who are don't understand something about the faith, and so the bishops are reacting to say, okay, the majority of people, there's a problem here. The majority of people right. don't don't understand a specific portion of our faith the portion that they don't understand is the and, most and, important. And, part, yeah. yeah. And, and unfortunately is the source in some other is, it's is like the, the whole reason the, to be Catholic. Right. And so, so we need to spend three full years, mm-hmm. which I, yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm, on, I'm excited on, on the Eucharist to, to reeducate, to, to revitalize, to, to, to encourage uh, the love and devotion of the Eucharist to those in the pews. So um, you,
1: okay. So you printed off my notes there. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go through this here, Adam, like I just w- jump in. Okay. Whenever, like... whenever You want me to? At random. Okay. You know, okay, so the Eucharist, you can find throughout all of the Bible, okay? It goes all the way back to Genesis. Um, When you go and read especially the second creation account, it's very short. It's like, okay, God created man, then he needed a place to put man, so he created a garden. The very first thing that it mentions when the garden is created is the tree of life. Next to... In the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Okay. And God told man, you can eat from any of the trees except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So here, Adam and Eve living in the garden, they can eat freely from the tree of life. So the church fathers, um, and it's not hard to see the typology here in that if, if they would have plucked the apple or the fruit from that tree, that would have been the eat, like pomegranate, whatever it is, some, some say it was a fig, okay? Right. Um, but that would have been a Eucharistic act, right? That you would have been partaking in the divine, you would have been eating, you know, like consummating the divine life, okay? Because here they are living in this state of grace that's just uh, like really an outward living, mm-hmm. right? It's not just an in- interior reality, it was this exterior relationship, right? Where they walked with God physically, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. it was beautiful. Just state mind-blowing, of being, so. actually,
0: to even think about, like, meditate upon, like, what was that really actually Oh, like? man, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Um, and so, what did Christ do? When, when, they, when man pulled the fruit from the knowledge of good and evil and fell, Christ, his response was to descend to our level and said, okay, you, this is what you want, fine, I will, be, I will hang myself on a tree and become your fruit. So that I might redeem you and bring and bring you up to eternal life with me, you know. Like he said, "This is what you want. You want this food. I will become that. I, like become sin, so to speak, as Saint Paul puts it. So that I might redeem you, and you know, like it's just the 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 level of humility, the level of like mm-hmm. everything in the incarnation is just mind blowing. Okay. So, a, a fun fact about Ooh. the books of the old the New Testament is that the now we call them um, the New Testament, but they used to be called the Books of the New Testament. Which might seem like a petty difference, but it's actually a profound difference because the Books of the New Testament means that the books themselves are not the Testament. Which, when we call it, oh, read from the New Testament, it makes it seem that seem like the books themselves are the Testament. Another word for Testament is Covenant. Mm -hmm. So, there's Mm -hmm. the books of the Old Covenant and the books of the New Covenant. Well, the books are not the covenant themselves. They're simply writing about the covenant. Mm -hmm. So, if they're simply writing about the covenant, what is it? It's the Eucharist, right? right? So, so this is what we know as Catholics. Um, In the second book of the Bible, which is is Exodus, Exodus. not Genesis. Genesis is the first. Right. uh, originally the book of, of Exodus was called the book of names because it was in that book where Moses received the name of God that was what gave him so much power to do all these great miracles is that he possessed the name of God right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the height obviously of the Exodus story is Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt okay uh, leaving behind their slavery uh, the uh, which is a uh, typology of oppression of sin right They're in being enslaved to sin and not to typography. Not typography, because that's like something good, but it's like a totally different thing. Kind,
0: kind of, kind of like Israel, like leading them out of Israel. You can use use but typography. But there was some
1: typography that they had to um, encounter. Right. Yeah, a lot of typography actually, right?
0: But not typography. and
1: typology. Right? They were doing at the same time. It's not both and. Very Catholic. Very Catholic. <laughs> Very Catholic with the typology typography thing. So, um, so what are they, What happens? It's the Passover. The thing is that you come to realize is that Christ and God was foreshadowing the Eucharist even before the fall. Okay, so it goes to the tree of life. It seems like God's plan for humanity always involved this eucharistic giving of Himself. It's only because of the fall that it required His death and and um, persecution on the cross. So. Possibly, if Adam and Eve had never fallen, Christ still would have taken on flesh and come and given us himself. It just wouldn't have required his passion and death, right? Um, Possibly. That's speculative. Uh, but, so... There are the, three
0: three reasons why you're wrong. The second of the first is actually the most important. Okay. We'll go over that oh, later. Great. The yeah. second part of the second part? No. Or, the second part of the first part.
1: Oh, Okay. I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, so in the Exodus, you have this Passover, right? And the Passover is something that God specifically told the Israelites, all right, you need to do this. You need to take the blood of the lamb. You need to slaughter the lamb. The lamb has to be without blemish, right? It has to be a mm-hmm. spotless lamb, sinless lamb, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Put the blood on the door. You have to actually eat the lamb, okay? All of the lamb. All of it, right? Not Not just like eat it, like a bite. Or uh, if you couldn't, it had to be like burned up, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't have any leftover. There's no leftover. Okay, and so they also were eating unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. All of these things are foreshadowing the Lamb of God and the Eucharist. Um, and so, and here they are putting the blood on the doorpost, symbolizing like, which is very... With a hyssop branch. Which a hyssop branch, right, exactly, which is also present at the cross. Jesus is there. The, cr- the cross post, you know, he's giving his blood on the cross post. It's sort of like the cross of the door, mm-hmm. right? So... Um,
0: the hyssop branch is what brings up the sponge.
1: That's right, which is important. Very right. important. We're uh, we gonna, we gonna do that later. We'll, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Okay, I, I hope to get to that. We'll see. Okay, so then Moses leads them out into the desert, and they start receiving this manna, miraculous bread from heaven. Uh, so we're gonna pick up, we're gonna pick up there because this is where this is where because the, the has, Jesus links really start to come in.
0: Because the bread has been there the whole time. Could have been. Could be, bro. We'll see.
1: Mm, I just like the smoky.
0: Yeah, me too. Since the earliest centuries, Catholics have been called to sanctify the home by making it a little church. Family meals, shared gathering spaces, and the most mundane tasks, all of these are to be taken up into the higher dimension and bathed in prayer. But in the modern world, it is easy to lose sight of this fact and shape our homes around the latest consumer trends. In Living Beyond Sunday, the Niles and Minahan families take the mystery and guesswork out of the domestic church, showing you how to sanctify your home simply, wisely, and practically. Every Catholic family should own a copy of this book. That endorsement is from Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman. Go check out our new book that we have out by Ascension Press, com. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place.
1: This is, I'm David Niles. welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I was about to say something, I was like, oh wait, we're starting. What I was going to say is, we got a lot here, I'm not sure we're going to get to it all. We'll try to get to it all after the episode, for those of you who are subscribed to the podcast.
0: (laughs) This is our first time, I'm sorry, we're...
1: We're rookies. Yeah, last segment. (laughs) This is the last segment. Okay, so we're talking about the manna in the desert. The manna in the desert is an obvious foreshadowing of Christ. And instituting the Eucharist. Right. Okay, you know who else thought that the Jews, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. So the Jewish people, um, afterwards, right? So um, in the in the time after the Exodus, there's a you know a long space between that and Christ coming back. And in that time, um, a lot of the rabbis had written a lot of extra biblical um, sources, sort of like the catechism, right, that we would refer to today. Um, so there's the Talmud, and then there's also the um, targum I think is what it is um, I have it written down here Targum somehow. Targum, right So these are uh, Like the Targum was the translation That they were using At the time Which had some things That aren't in Like uh, the modern texts of today That were like Either added in as commentary Or for whatever reason They're just They weren't Like today we would say Well these are actually part Of the of the original manuscripts mm-hmm. um, But the Jewish people The Jewish people believed Three things about the manna The miraculous bread from heaven um, the the f- one funny thing is that the word manna is in Hebrew is manhu, which means what is it? Mm-hmm. I just think that's hilarious. Manhu? Manhu. Because the, they're like finding this miraculous bread on the ground and they say, well, what is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. So they, it's literally named, what is it? Because mm-hmm. they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three things that they believed that like par- became part of the faith about this manna was that it was Supernatural. Obviously, I mean, I think that's kind of obvious, but they also had uh, this understanding, which we as Catholics would also share, that supernatural realities are Supersede. M- they're more real right. than natural realities because the natural world will pass away, but these supernatural world, the supernatural realities, are eternal. Okay, um, take that, John Locke. Yeah, <laughs> take that. <laughs> You're such a brave man, Adam. <laughs> um, the second thing was that the that this manna from heaven was preexistent, okay? So, um, we get this here. This is from the, the Targum. Um, so, like in Exodus 16, verse 4, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will bring down from, for you bread from heaven. And in the Targum, it, it has the phrase, Which has been reserved for, mu- for you from the beginning. Okay, so we don't find that in the original text of Exodus, but... In this translation, the Targum um, was a translation of the Hebrew scriptures that they used in the synagogues at the time. So they added this, which has been reserved from you from the beginning. Also in Exodus 16, verse 15, it says, when the children of Israel saw it, they were amazed and they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, and this is the part that is not found in our translation today, but it says, it is the bread that was reserved from you for you from the beginning in the heavens on high. So... Um, this shows that this was a belief that this manna this miraculous bread was a pre-existent reality that was reserved in what they kind of called like the heavenly tabernacle um, The third thing that they believed is that when the Messiah came, he would bring back the manna from heaven okay so that's that's pretty interesting um that they linked when the messiah the messiah's return that he would bring back the manna from heaven. So, like things like when you see uh, Jesus performing the feeding of the five thousand.
0: Oh, the gospel of sharing.
1: The gospel of sharing. Yeah, the sharing miracle. Right when he convinced everyone to share the food that they miraculously had on them. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do they do right after that? They try to crown him a king. Right. Because yeah. they, they recognize, okay, look, he just multiplied the bread and the loaves, the loaves and the fish. Mm-hmm. Um, he, This is like a sign of him
0: bringing back uh, the manna from heaven. Also, it's very awesome that uh, in, in, in that uh, you can correlate that story with also John 6, right? So he took the bread, he blessed it, he gave thanks, he broke the bread. Uh-huh. Sound very familiar to John 6? Yeah. Like the parallels between what happens at... The feeding of the five thousand with John Mm six is uh, you can just see it uh, side by side and and see it's a foreshadowing of what is to come.
1: Another thing that which is just really great. So when the his disciples ask him uh, Jesus, uh, teacher, teach us how to pray. You know John's disciples taught him how to pray. How should we pray? Um, He says you know he gives he teaches them the Our Father. Right. Okay. Um, And so in there when he says. The word "our daily bread," the word "daily," is a like just terrible translation in English um, because the word that he uses was Epio, epius, epioousius. epio epioousius. It's Greek. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's a weird word. Okay? Ask Jimmy Akin. Right, he'll call tell you.
0: Catholic Answers.
1: But this word is what you call a neologia, a neologism. It's a new neologism. So it's like a new word. Okay. This word appears no, in no other... Uh, like, there's no other use of this word. Okay, so it's very hard to translate because we've never seen it translated anywhere else.
0: Dude, I would like to make a new word.
1: St. Jerome translates this word, da- what we call daily, which is... Uh, Brant Petrie explains how terrible of a translation that is, as St. Jerome used the word super substantial. Give us this day our super substantial bread which is a totally different ring from our daily bread okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you with that in mind it's like okay we're talking about a heavenly bread uh like a miraculous divine bread sounds a lot like the manna from heaven so it's it's no wonder that right after that they the what did the Jews ask him for a miracle show us they say show us a miracle that we might believe
0: and which is funny cuz Didn't he just do that? He literally just did that for you.
1: He's been doing miracles literally the whole time, Mm -hmm. right? And you want another sign. So anyway, that's the three things. Um, And just like Moses gave this miraculous bread to the Israelites after leaving Egypt, but before arriving at the promised land, right? Like the the miraculous Mm -hmm. bread stops when they get to the promised land. Christ gives us this miraculous bread after his crucifixion and death, but before we also reach the promised land of heaven. Okay, so it's this miraculous food for the journey. Um, the the parallels are they keep going. I'm only like kind of giving the highlights here right. between between these in hopes about that the you Eucarist. actually pick
0: up the book itself. Right. And, you definitely need to read. But the isn't book. it interesting also, Dave? What uh, Saint John uh, reveals to us in Revelation, what he sees. So. God gives him this mm. glorious like right. vision of of heaven of, uh, of what's happening in heaven right you know which is epic yeah you know here on earth you're getting a chance to see what what the other side of the veil looks like yeah and what he sees is what uh
1: well he sees the lamb as slain the lamb as slain right as you the know. son of man standing as a, as, a, as though slain
0: right and so this is just a, like exactly what you, we've just been talking about, like this Jewish uh, foundation, the, the Jewish roots of the Passover. Mm-hmm. Uh, God could have revealed to St. John in Revelation, I think is 3 and 4, all of these, uh, a, a lot of different aspects of what heaven looks like. Right? The beatific mm-hmm. vision, understanding the communion of the saints. Right. He could have just, like,
1: he given have, it by divine light and right. by divine, he could have just revealed the truth. Right. But he knew. He uses these symbols, these typology, and, like, these. This understanding. Cryptic way of.
0: And this understanding of him being able to actually convey this to the other people. Because obviously, God knew that St. John was going to be writing Revelation. Right. And so to give him this, this uh, vision. That would not only help him understand what actually is happening in heaven, but also to be to convey it. Because, like all the visions of heaven, if you look at the saints that actually have had this vision, they basically say, "I am no longer writing because I can't explain anymore." Right, like Saint Thomas, right? It's like he,
1: look, he looked at the sum and said, "It's just straw. It's just
0: straw. Like, I can't do this anymore." Right? But but God gave him the grace to see heaven, but only not only see heaven for himself. But also to convey it it in a
1: way that would that would help them to come to these deeper truths. Exactly. Okay, so I want to try to get to this fourth cup. I want to talk about the Passover ritual itself. Okay. Okay. So um, I I think that's beautiful. By the way, the fourth cup. This is like this is the crux of the matter right here. That in the Passover ritual, it's
0: Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. And Now you know
1: the rest of the story. Right. So there were four cups. That you would drink four cups of wine. There was really a lot of be- like the the Passover ritual is really a beautiful ritual, and in fact, a lot of the prayers that you say are it's like wow, that's almost exactly what we say in the Mass. Um, but there were four cups of wine that you would drink. Um, so this is the Passover. This Passover. is the Passover ritual. So like when Christ is there celebrating Passover with his with his apostles, when Jews of his time would celebrate the Passover, which was the holiest day of the year for them, right? Uh, because this is like the moment. This is the moment of their salvation, right? And they also believe that when they celebrate the Passover, it wasn't just like, "Oh, our ancestors." They believed, like, no, Christ or um God, God saved me out of Egypt, is what right. the way they would say it. Not like my great, 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 was, great, 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 their great, great grandfather. Right? It was me that is just like something that happened to me. So the first cup during the ritual, they would drink a cup of wine to share it with everybody. Then they would do some stuff, say some prayers have another cup of wine, right? So the first cup is the cup of sanctification. Um, they would call it the kiddush cup or the cup of thanksgiving. Um, then they would do some things like dipping parsley and, you know, some other other rituals. But then they would have another cup, the cup of judgment or deliverance, okay? It was right after this that they would actually eat the lamb, okay? Um, where, uh, along with the unleavened bread. And it was during this cup that Jesus took the bread. They would eat the lamb and the unleavened bread. So, when you go and you read the Passover, the Last Supper, after this second cup, this is where Jesus took the bread and said, this is my body given up for you. Take, you know, like, eat this in memory of, you know, like, do this in memory of me. Um, Then would come the cup of redemption, also called the cup of blessing. Um, and so the, that's where Jesus took the blood and said, this is the cup of my new covenant, blah, 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 blah. The fourth cup, they
0: skip. They don't. They, it didn't happen.
1: They go out into the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, this would be like a priest about to celebrate the Eucharist, the consecrate the Eucharist, and then just walking out. Before the
0: consecration. Okay.
1: So uh, sadly, we're going to have to finish this on the podcast. So go and subscribe to our podcast, thecatholicmanshow.com, to get the rest of the story. We're on the Lord's
0: team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers hey so before we get going uh, like, so I'm kind of bummed we didn't get to it on the show yeah so, that's uh, okay that's okay it's still it's you,
1: it's really great you
0: know what I just like came to the realization as you were talking huh uh is that as as we're going through the pa- uh, the passive ritual uh-huh. it's very similar to what prayer is oh do tell so you know it's at you know it's a it's a Thanksgiving so you're giving thanks oh uh-huh you know and then it's uh, uh like kind of the same uh, pattern. A, yeah, it's, it's it's the same pattern. Like the judgment, deliverance, like a, a contrition, like uh-huh. I, like I, I'm sorry for my sins, and then uh, uh, then the next one is uh, is redemption. Like um, so you're so it's like uh, contrition, and then th- so thanksgiving and contrition have happened. Adoration, like yeah, and, like, I, I was just like going through this, and was like, oh wait, this is actually very similar to the pattern of prayer. Yeah, that's that's a great insight. That's very true. I like that. I don't know. It was just like, as you were talking about that, that's what That's what I was... Don't you
1: love it when stuff like that happens and you realize,
0: man, how does he
1: do that? How does God, like, layer all of these things which are pretty obvious? How does he layer it over and over and over again and we don't see it right until we, you know, like, approach it and stu- And it's not and, exact, but I mean, I've just seen it but going it's there. It. it's there.
0: It's like... Yeah, that's crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so the pre... So... Uh, in the Passover, there's four cups, right? Yeah. So, the, And you know what? One thing that was like really
1: surprised me, which I've, you know, like studied and talked about this before, but that the body, like this is my body and that this is my blood, these are like
0: different stages. Right. The first is the body and then the second is the blood. Right. And so there's... um. Wait, before we do, I just feel like we haven't really understood, like explained what the cups are like. What, okay. what are we talking about? Yeah, like, you're
1: right. I was trying to like rush to get it right, in the Right, I just don't feel show. like... The, so you know they're there at the Passover. There would be all of these really beautiful things that, like, the youngest person would say, like, some some prayers, ask any mass like, questions, like, why is this night different from every from other nights? You right. know, and the, and then the the leader would say, because on this night I was redeemed. You know, like, I, I don't to, know what word for word the Lord it is, took us but, out of. Egypt. took me out right, of Egypt. exactly. Yeah. Um, so it really was a beautiful, beautiful um, ritual mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. tradition. A, yeah, but for them, like, this was the height of. Of their religion. Right. Um, You know, this is one of the, this is one of the, the days that all Jewish men were required to journey and make a, like, come back to Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem was this massive city. A lot of Jews lived there, but, you know, a lot of them didn't. A lot of them lived out, you know, in the Mm -hmm. farms, which, were you know, maybe miles, miles, maybe a hundred miles away. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, could be very, very far. And so, there were a few times a year that they all had to come back. This was the the highest of feasts, mm-hmm. um, and so they all all of the men, at least, are going to be here in Jerusalem. Um, the The counts, like the uh, historical accounts, are that there would have been millions of lambs slaughtered in one day.
0: So what's what's crazy is that. So Jesus has seen this. He's grown up. He's grown up seeing this. As a boy. As a boy. Every year. Seeing all these lambs go by Mm -hmm. for slaughter. And you
1: know know what else is crazy is the way that they would cook the lambs. So um, they would slaughter the lambs, pour the blood on the altar. There would literally be a river of blood. blood, I mean, imagine slaughtering millions. I mean, think about that. I don't think people realize how many Jews there were, um, but each household was responsible for a lamb. Mm-hmm. um and so millions not one million more than a million lambs uh, their blood being spilled on the altar and so there was there was like a like a river of blood flowing out which well, you mentioned Revelation mm-hmm. uh, that that's part of his vision is seeing right. this river
0: of blood that's right flowing Redeeming.
1: out yes I'm really excited about the church being built in Stillwater uh yes. because they're like That river of blood is integral to uh, the way that they're building the church. Go check it out. But anyway, um, so here's Jesus. Yeah, like you mentioned, growing up as a boy, he knows his destiny, right? Right. Like, even from an infant, he knew who he was. It's not like he had to discover when he was 12 or 13, like, oh, I'm the Christ. He knew. Right. Okay? Um, he still had to learn certain things, and like his human nature, still had to like learn to walk, mm-hmm. learn to like do things. You know, he had to practice, but that was all an act of humility from him as a divine person, mm-hmm. because he could have just done them perfectly if he wanted to. But he wanted to become fully man. So imagine, here he is as a as a boy and growing up every year, coming to Jerusalem and seeing millions of lambs slaughtered. So then, what they would do? is they would crucify the lambs. Mm-hmm. They didn't know at the time that they were crucifying them, but they would run, they would put their front arms out in a cruciform pattern and run a shiv through their um, sp- like uh, shoulder blades mm-hmm. and roast them with their arms out, and then their back feet would come to a point. So literally mm-hmm. they would be in a T, mm-hmm. and they would roast them that way. Not
0: only that, but it's, like, it's not that the, uh, the crucifixion was a new invention. Right, so it's not like that was the first time. In fact, I think Brant Petrie actually says this in the in the book. He says like, Jesus saw what a crucifixion was. Oh yeah, As a, like that has, growing up. That I mean, he grew up happened. under Roman rule, right? So that that happened all the time, right? So not only did he see at the Passover millions of lambs coming in, but he also saw before the Passover because they wanted to make sure to crucify all the. Um, Uh, all the bad guys before and get them down before passover so he not only saw all the lambs coming in but he also saw all the criminals hanging on crosses
1: right and a lot of times they were just left dead like when you came into jerusalem right um they would intentionally hang them there like put them there as a sign And and if it was a roman i think like jesus may have been a little different i don't know this This is just a speculation, but because they were like, he was crucified on their account. He wanted them taken down. But the Romans, if they kill somebody, they don't care about Passover. You know what I mean? Like, if the Romans are killing somebody because they broke a a Roman law, like the Jews don't get to say like, hey, take that guy down. They're like, uh, no. You know, so like maybe they did. I don't know. But I suspect that there's kind of a difference there. But regardless, when you came into Jerusalem, on either side of the road, there were dead crucified bodies, right? As a sign, like don't mess with us, mm-hmm. right? So, and then you come in, especially on the Passover, there's all these crucified lambs. Jesus grew up watching them, knowing I am the lamb. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my destiny, mm-hmm. and then like you know, embracing that. Like that's just crazy, right? It, it really is just just very crazy. So in this. Passover ritual, there's all of these cups, you know, we're drinking the wine. Wine itself is a symbol of abundance and like an, this overflowing of grace, um, which is part of what we see at the first miracle of Christ, that the super abundance of wine, mm-hmm. that, which is once again a symbol of like good things, of blessing. Wine is like mm-hmm. a symbol of blessing. Um, and so you're drinking this four times even the um, the second cup, which is called the cup of judgment or deliverance, it was done out of um, joy because yes, like um, some people might even call it the cup of plagues, but that Christ delivered us fr- like from this judgment, that we have been saved, and so it, even that was a joyful like something that was done out of like god's mercy mm. um then the cup of redemption. And, and so, like, so once again, let's go back. The first cup is the cup of sanctification. This is kind of setting up the ritual. The second cup is this cup of judgment or deliverance. And this is where, after this, the lamb is eaten, which, once again, you had to eat the lamb. Mm-hmm. If you don't eat the lamb, then you're not actually participating in the Passover. Firstborn will die. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And think about the con. I mean, that wasn't the case later on. Right. But in the first Passover, yep. All right, well, how much do you love your son?
0: Tradi- uh, you know what? Ritual
1: matters. It does. It matters a lot. You know what else I think about when I think about ritual mattering? Mattering? Yeah, mattering. Um, is Moses... Holding his hands Holding up. his hands out. So that way people don't die. Right. And, okay, it matters so much. God seems to be pretty legalistic. That, okay, uh, Aaron and... Um, uh, Jacob, uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 Aaron and Joshua. Joshua, uh, yeah. he's like, Who's, a, who I takes knew, over like, after? Yeah, Joshua. Yeah. Um, they sit there so he can rest his aunt his arms on their shoulders. It's like, really, God? You know, like, come on, cut Moses some slack. He's he's doing the best he can. He's he's putting mm-hmm. in a good effort. You know, but you know, there he is in a crucifixion pattern, right? So, right. like, once again, foreshadowing Christ's work, right? But the fact that it just matters that his arms are like this, Mm -hmm. like the ritual matters. Why? Because it gives glory to God. It gives, you know, as much justice as we can to who is due. Right. God is glorified in the ritual because God has ordained the ritual to point to himself. And so the rituals that we do at the Mass are important Mm -hmm. because they teach us something about who Christ is what he has done for us, and why it is
0: important for us to know that. And it's not up to us to uh, decide what goes on in the Mass. I know, that's why sometimes I, like,
1: I want to be, I want to nitpick us, you know, like, okay, should we be holding hands during the Our Father? The, well, we're not supposed to, right? okay, the, because that's not part of the right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't invent things for us to do. If people hold hands during the Our Father, you know, like, that's okay. I'm not, you know, it's not going to invalidate the Mass, or, you know, it's not going to ruin the Mass for me, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But the truth is, uh, we're not instructed to hold hands during the Our Father of the Mass. It's not part of the Mass. And so if we're doing it and, like, expecting other people to do it, or if we do it because we think, like, oh, we're supposed to, well, we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to hold your wife's hand during the Our Father, that's great. You can also hold her hand during any other part of the Mass. But if you're standing next to me and you think that I'm going to hold hands with you, I'm not going to hold hands with you at any point during the Mass because I'm not told to, right? And also, I don't really know you. And so, like, (laughs) I'm not ready to, I'm not there yet, okay?
0: This stage of our relationship You have to at
1: least buy me a beer. (laughs) before I will hold your hand during the Mass, okay? Am I right? Okay, you know, right. So let's just get back to these cups. Okay. Okay, because uh, once again, I think it was, it was uh, surprising to me that the this is my body and this is my blood are like different stages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is important because think about what this means if a person says, hey, this is my body. Over here. This is my blood over here. Typically, that means they're dead. Right, yeah. Because if like your body and your blood aren't locked in the same spot, you dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just that simple fact of him separating his body from his blood is, is him saying his death. You know, it's foreshadowing his death. Um, so in this third cup, the cup of redemption, also called the cup of blessing, which is important because Paul, Paul says... Um, this cup of blessing which we break, this cup of blessing which we drink, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Right. Um, the Jews also used this cup to symbolize the blood of the Passover lamb. So they believed that this third cup, they've just eaten the the body of the lamb, and that this third cup was symbolic of the blood of the lamb. Can you believe that? Like, it's a, it's incredible that like that's a weird thing. Like. It, it makes especially sense for, for us. Especially for Jews. Right. They weren't
0: allowed to eat. Or drink they weren't allowed blood. to drink
1: blood. But think about try to divorce yourself from a Christian and Catholic worldview, like where we understand, like you're just a Jew. It's kind of weird to think about, like, hey, this cup, it's lamb blood. Mm-hmm. You know, like it makes sense for us because we know who the lamb is. Um, but. This is where Jesus says, this cup is the new covenant of my blood which is shed for you. Once again, he uses that word new covenant or this is the new testament of my blood. So when we talk about the books of the New Testament, it's all about the Eucharist, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If there's no Eucharist, there's no point in writing any of these books. And it's at this point where they leave. Um, Like I I think actually they may have sung a song and then left. Which would have just been a huge scandal. Like, if, if any of the Pharisees had been present here, it would have gone the, down. Like, they would have been tearing their shirts. They would have been.
0: Can we bring that back?
1: I think we should. Like, Hulk,
0: it is, Hulk Hogan has uh, ha- had a thought there.
1: You don't have to ask me twice.
0: One, <laughs> if we anybody's
1: going to rip their shirt, we know. We it's going to be you. And if you do it at the right moment, it would be like I would back you up.
0: Mm-hmm. If you do it at the wrong moment, I will not walk away like, who's that guy? Yeah, I don't know him.
1: I tell you, I don't know him. Yeah. You must have been with him. You, too, are a... No. No, I'm not in Tulsa. No, no no general lady at this Turkle fire. I I tell you, I do not know him. (laughs) I have never been to Tulsa. (laughs) Curse you. (laughs) Okay, so the last cup was called the Cup of Hallel. Um, And this is the one that Jesus skips. Once again, this is like a priest about to sell consecrate the Eucharist and then walking out and saying, all right, let's get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no,
0: you can't do that. Right. Think about how scandalizing that would be, right? So, Think about how confused you'd be as an apostle. Yes.
1: It's like, is this allowed?
0: Right. right. What is going I, on? I get
1: it. Like, I know that Jesus is like, don't question him. Right. Because we've actually done that before, remember, and guys? More... And it's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad idea. Right. Um, so, what do they do though? Like, read the. Go back and read the account. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. There's this last cup that they were supposed to drink. What is Jesus's prayer?
0: Uh, that his cup, this cup, may Let pass.
1: This cup pass from me. Okay. He literally meant this cup of the Passover ritual. So the Passover, this ritual. That was pointing to Jesus the whole time. He is the Lamb of God,
0: who takes away who takes away the world. sins
1: of the world. Um, and this last was this last cup was also considered the the cup of consummation, which I think is important because Jesus is called the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does the bridegroom do on his wedding day? He consummates. With he consummates his. His with his bride, right? That the two become might, one, the two might become one flesh. And here we are eating the his flesh, okay? On like because he has consummated it with us. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Then he goes, he turns himself in, he's arrested, he's, he's you know, scourge flogged, he's on the cross. The last thing that he says before it is finished is, I thirst. There's been a lot of spiritual writing written about those words. And Mother Teresa, I think, has a lot of beautiful things to say that Christ is thirsting for our souls on the cross. But literally, okay, pick. you have to like really put yourself here. He's been on the cross now for three hours. His lungs are filling with blood. He is on the verge of death. Every single word would involve just extreme agony. And his words on the cross are very few and in, in very specifically chosen for very important reasons. Right. It's
0: like you think that he wasn't thirsty carrying the cross? Right. You think he wasn't thirsty as he was being- Or like an hour ago? Right. Or two hours ago. Because also like in the Passover you're fasting. Right? Before the Passover you're fasting. So like Correct. You're not you're fasting. You've had just a couple cups of wine. Yeah, like- I mean he's
1: he has probably he's got very little blood in his body. I mean think right. of all the blood he's spilled. He was probably insanely thirsty this whole time. Right. You know, because his his
0: fluid level... So it's not like... He's dehydrated like he, to the, the point s- of death. Right. And it's not like he's all of a sudden realizing, oh, now I'm thirsty. You know what? I can, I'm a little bit parched. Right. Before I die, I think I'd like to have a drink. Right. But that's not what he's saying. Because right before
1: this, this fourth cup, I kind of skipped over this, after the third cup when he says, um, this is my blood, do this in memory of me, he tells his apostles... I will not drink of the cup again until I drink it anew in my kingdom. Okay, so he's saying, mm-hmm. I won't drink wine again mm-hmm. until, I have, until I have fulfilled the kingdom. So mm-hmm. here he is on the cross, and he says, I thirst. And what do they do?
0: The hyssop branch. They raise up a hyssop
1: branch. Just like once in the again, Passover. just like the Passover. They take
0: a hyssop branch and pour the blood over the, the, the beam of, of their door. Mm-hmm. They take a hyssop branch, stab it with with, with a sponge with with uh, wine mixed with gall.
1: Which is which called gall. It's like a very common... This is like the lowest grade of wine. It's sort of mm-hmm. like almost vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember, they were offered it to him before. But when right. he when he knew what it was, he wouldn't take it. Right. So they tried to give him wine already. Mm-hmm. And it's important that he denies it. Because right. he wanted it. You know he wanted it. Once again, yeah. his body was craving all kinds of things. Right. Um, so, that, like, to be able to deny it, his, his body, that must have been an incredible suffering. So, but then here he is. He finally asks for it. He, ta- he drinks the wine, and then he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Because he had now completed the gift. He would completed the offering. The Passover is now finished. So, when we say that the Mass... And the you and the crucifixion are all linked together. It's because it comes. It's all in the same ritual. It is the thing. Is is it? It's
0: only one. It's only one thing. It's, it's the same moment.
1: thing that the his the Eucharist, his body and blood. We are we partake of his crucified body and blood, as well as his resurrected body and blood. Okay, like it's both and and that we are re-presented, not represented. We are re presented at the cross at every mass because this cup of blessing which we break is break is it not which we drink is it not a participation in the blood of Christ because we are there at the cross in every mass because it is the part of the same ritual the passover all in one at every mass mm-hmm. and it wasn't finished so then this is something Scott Hahn says he drinks it and he says it is finished. Mm-hmm. And this is something that was like, I think, important in his conversion because he realized, wait, the, it it's that, not finished. That's not the ritual. You have to rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. It's not finished. Mm-hmm. What is finished? Obviously something's finished. Christ wouldn't say it's finished if something wasn't finished. So what is finished? The Passover. Mm-hmm. He has now consummated himself to his bride, the church. He has given her every drop of his blood, and so now he is in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. This is the Eucharist. Like, right. this is, if you're not Catholic, this is what you're missing out on. Christ is truly present in the Eucharist mm-hmm. at every single Catholic Mass. All you have to do is look up the closest Catholic Church to where you are, and you just go there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's like, and this is a reality. If you're not Catholic, then please don't re- don't present yourself for communion because um, there there are things that you need to do first. there There are steps that come first. But uh, this is a reality at every single Catholic mass in the world for the last two thousand years,
0: and we do it every day.
1: We do it every single day all it, over the world. It,
0: it's like if you heard that there were visions of Jesus, like public visions happening of Jesus in your town, and you're like, like, like he
1: was appearing to everybody who showed up on Fourth
0: Street, right? And you're like, what at six p.m.? Okay, I'm going to be there, right? And it's like instead of doing that, all you have to do is go to a Catholic church, because inside that Catholic church is the tabernacle, and inside of that tabernacle is the body, blood, soul, and divinity Jesus of Jesus, truly Lord, present in a physical way, in a physical way. And under so, the
1: appearance of bread and wine
0: right and so um, I just I, I I just encourage you know the guys who are listening right now if you don't have an adoration hour uh, I encourage you to take one up that's right um, yeah it's good advice uh, because your your prayer life matters and like sitting in front of the blessed sacrament who is the body blood soul and divinity of our Lord spending time wasting time with our Lord is an invaluable like this is what he, this is what heaven is yeah and um, if, you, if you're looking to, um, to be the spiritual leader of your family, if you're looking to uh, help your family... Then you need to be in touch with the source of
1: spiritual grace.
0: Right, which is our Lord.
1: Yeah. So. You're right, Adam. That's correct. I'd like to award you five points. I'll take them. Five more points than anybody else got today. Unless you want to give me some points. I feel like I could have earned some points. Today? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh. You know what? I'll give you three. Thank you. Okay. I think we can end it there.
1: I will take those three points, sir. Yeah, but Adam, thank you. I, yeah, just want to echo what you said. Please go and worship our Lord in adoration. If you are not Catholic... Um, you can reach, still do that. Reach. Yeah, you can still go to adoration. You can still go to any Catholic church and pray. Jesus is there he will make himself known to you. And he's been waiting Um,
0: for 2,000 years for the moment of you walking in to spend time with him.
1: Here's what I want you to do if you're not Catholic. I want you to Google, get on Google Maps, type in Catholic Church, and you call the closest one to you. The person who answers the phone, you're going to say, I'm not Catholic. I want to speak to the priest. They are going to give you the priest, or they're going to have him call you back right away, and you're going to tell that person what I told you today. And you're going to tell them, I'd like more information about becoming Catholic. This is going to change your life. You're welcome.
0: And then we get to spend eternity together. And I cannot wait to see you in heaven. It's going to be awesome.
1: I hope I get there. Pray for us. I plan to get there. Pray for us. Pray (laughs) for us. Please pray for me. And Adam, too. Actually, Adam really needs your prayers. So please pray for him.